Last week we talked about how your decision making is at the heart of your sanctification process. And that decision making needs two things. First of all, information. We'll say the truth, the word of God. But also, when we make decisions, it really has to do with your heart's desire. Which way your heart is leaning will have a decisive factor in that decision making. So what provides that? What kind of heart will make that decision to approve things that are excellent? It must be that new heart or new life in Christ. There has to be a conversion inside of you by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's what gives you that desire. Because it is a new heart, it seeks for that new, pure milk of God. But also, we need that ongoing ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's not simply one-time deal that God converts us and we are on our own in our sanctification process. I think that's where we fail. Westminster Confession has a chapter on sanctification. And in that last paragraph, it describes that sanctification in this way. In which war? So they describe sanctification as a war. Although the remaining corruption for a time may much prevail, yet through the continual supply of strength, from the sanctifying spirit of Christ, the regenerate part does overcome, and so the saints grow in grace, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's right. So in this long process of sanctification, what do you need? Conversion? But for many of us, that continual supply of strength from the sanctifying Spirit of Christ. That's what you need. That will help your heart make that decision to approve the things that are excellent. So that's sanctification. And today we come to the second half of verse 10. In order to be sincere and without fault until the day of Christ. At first, I was thinking, man, I need to skip that part and go into verse 11, which talks about fruit of righteousness. But upon reflection, I said, no, we need to talk about this because when you look at verse 10 and 11 together, we see the divine wisdom there. What does that mean? When you approve the things that are excellent, to be, in order to be, that's the purpose, to be sincere and without fault until the day of Christ, that's the condition. Like me, as I was preparing for the message, so many of us, we want to just go straight into verse 11 and and start bearing much fruit. We are inclined to do the things that are exciting, 
And we want to be busy. We want to do a lot of things. But according to God's mind, verse 10 says, when you approve the things that are excellent, what should happen is that you need to be sincere and without fault. And that has to be there before you could bear fruit for Christ. So, I see again the emphasis of being first before works, your heart before action. So many of us, so many people start with sincere heart. When they are converted, they are thankful to God. And all of the spiritual activities bring joy to their hearts. But there is a time, if you are not careful, verse 11 comes to you first and always. And it becomes a duty only. It becomes your job. I remember one time in my life, I was preparing about seven to eight sermons a week. When you are preparing that many sermons, about seven to eight per week, you have to wonder, I was wondering, am I a preaching machine? But according to God's word today, it is important that you understand the order of verse 10 and then verse 11. Verse 10, you remaining sincere and faultless until the day of Christ. You need to take that seriously. I need to take that seriously. It is unseen. It is an invisible war. Nobody could tell you whether you are progressing in verse 10 or not. Only you know. But when you neglect verse 10 and you go straight into 11 all the time, a couple of things will happen. If you are a sincere Christian, but you neglect verse 10, and just living in verse 11 all the time, you will have a burnout. It is going to happen. Once you have that burnout, you will never recover 100%. Or if your heart is already being hardened, what would happen is that you will become a hypocrite. Verse 10 is so important. You remaining sincere and without fault or faultless is something that we should be mindful of every day. Remember when Aaron, the high priest, uh, when the Bible talks about his description, in his garment, that priestly garment, there has to be that sign made out of pure gold attached to his turban. In his forehead, just like name of God is written in people's foreheads in Revelations. What does it say in Aaron's forehead? Made out of gold. So when people look at him, it's shining. That thing is shining, it is blinding. What does it say in, right here? Kadosh to Yahweh. Holy to the Lord. He has many things, but one thing has to stand out from Aaron. And it has to be holiness to God. So we'll look at a few points here. In order to be sincere, 
so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and without fault. And this is what the Word of God does. When you come to that verse and you read and meditate carefully, slowly, God speaks to us through that word in order to be sincere. The question is then, do you want to be is the question. God desires it, obviously. But the real question in verse 10 in that transition is asking you, do you want to be sanctified? Do you want to be sincere and without fault? That's the question. So as I said last week, we need to come to God's word and let your heart be exposed. So many people want to reverse that because that's how things work. You want to make someone sincere? We put programs together so you jump in. You participate in that program that hopefully then you will be sincere without fault. But it doesn't work like that. Nobody could help you do that. No parents, no pastors could do that for you, right? There has to be that desire. So question really is an honest question to you. Do you have that desire? Do you want to be? Do you have that sincerity or seriousness in your heart. Let me give you a passage from Romans 8. Apostle Paul, spokesperson for God, he says this, describing people, two kinds of people. Romans 8, verse 5 and following. Those who live according to the sinful nature have, that, have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man, you talk about that emphasis, mind, what you desire. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Holy Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. It is a scary passage. Is your mind... So first question is that, do you have that desire? You have to answer that question on your own. Now, second thing about this in order part is really, it's the gospel part. That is, in this way. In order to be sincere. So, my question was, in order to be, you know what that means, I want to be. Does the Bible have that word in it? In original text, in order to be, that's when that translation comes in. Is it faithful to that? So I looked it up and there it is. There was that word, to be, in order to be. That's in grammar what is known as subjunctive. If these conditions are met, then there will be that result. 
What is that condition? If you approve the things that are excellent, these things will follow in a sense that you will be sincere and faultless as you approve the things that are excellent. But also what it says to us is this. In our sanctification, many of us are frustrated because we do not progress at a speed that we desire to be sanctified. But what it's saying here in order to be is that it is not there. We are not there yet. Apostle Paul says that in Philippians again in chapter 3. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which or so I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. What Paul is saying is that I am not yet there. So in, in one sense, this really is a um, gospel message for us. That as we continue to approve the good things and excellent things of God, if that is there, then... As a result of that, you and I could come to that point where we could be sincere and faultless until the day of Christ. Now, sincere and faultless together describe what? Sincere and faultless. You have to see Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God. It is not so much that now I need to be sanctified. Now I need to be faultless. But what is described here implicitly is that picture of Christ. Lamb without blemish or spot. So we want to be like Him. But also because Bible says Christian life is a living sacrifice. And in the Old Testament, if you want to sacrifice to God and, and say to yourself, you know, this animal is going to die anyway. So let me bring the weak animal, blind animal, lame animal. Does God accept that kind of sacrifice? No. Christ was that spotless Lamb of God. But that sincere heart will desire to become like Christ. So you would want to be sincere and without fault. The last part in verse 10. In order to be sincere and without fault. And what does it say? Until the day of Christ. And again... You know, you skip these words. You just move on. What's really important is that you need to be sanctified. I need to be sanctified. What are the ways that we could be sanctified? We think about programs, discipline. What should I do? So when we read these words, we tend to skip over these things. But again, toward the second half of this week, I came to realize what's really important in verse 10 is that few words in the second half of verse 10, until the day of Christ. 
Why is that? Because Apostle Paul is looking at the finish line from here. It is not simply a pious way of saying things until the day of Christ. But what I realize from this is that Apostle Paul desires his people to be sanctified. I want you to be sincere and without fault. Then he could have said in verse 11, I want you to bear much fruit for God. But there in between he says, until the day of Christ. And we think until the day, it's not here yet. If until the day of Christ is here, then we will be either dead or in heaven. So we just skip over that. But when you think about it, what Apostle Paul is doing is, he's working with the help of the Holy Spirit to become like Christ, but his eyes are up there. He's looking forward to that day, day of Christ. So many of us, this is what we do. In our Christian lives, we only look at ourselves, my progress, my service, or lack thereof. But Paul's looking at that finish line. That's where his eyes are fixed. So I would say this. Ah, sanctification really is this. Paul is running in Christ, with Christ, and to Christ. Sanctification is running in Christ, with Christ, and to Christ. So Jesus Christ is motivation, strength, model, or goal of your sanctification. Jesus Christ is the beginning, the middle, and the end of your sanctification. And that verse comes to your mind. Romans 11.36 says, For from Him and through Him and to Him, are all things, to Him be the glory forever. But in all things are included, among that is your sanctification. It is from Him, He gives you the desire. It is through Him, you have to draw your strength from Christ. And it is to Him are all things. You run in Christ, with Christ, and toward Christ. That's sanctification. That's Christian life. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Day of Christ primarily talks about the victory of Christ. Day of Yahweh, day of the Lord is about judgment. But day of Christ is really about victory of Christ. So, day of Christ is not here yet. But in some sense, it is already here through Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. It's already not yet. So, for Paul, Christ's victorious presence is what is motivating him here and now in his sanctification. It is not so much my victory, but it is his victory. It is his power, his presence, his faithfulness, his patience here and now. Enabling him and the Philippians to walk in the newness of life that Christ has given them. So that's how we should think about our sanctification. 
If it is the thunder and fire that overshadowed the people of the Old Testament at Mount Sinai, it is Christ, that victorious Christ and His shadow that is overshadowing all of us on this Mount Zion. So if you are unmotivated today, then you have to look unto Christ because He will give you that desire and new heart. So many people are scared about the word sanctification. Then you have to look unto Christ. So many people are tired about Christian life. Then you have to look unto Christ. If you are frustrated or dissatisfied with your progress in your sanctification, then is the time you have to look unto Christ. So many people are ready to give up. So you have to look unto Christ. Even if you had some victorious moments in your life recently, still you have to look unto Christ. Or we'll be prideful. So that is the summary, really, of the sanctification. Approving the things that are excellent. In order to be, do you have that desire? If so, may God give you strength. If you're not there yet, you could still go on to be sincere and without fault, really describing Christ. Until the day of Christ, we, we are not there yet, but the Holy Spirit brings Christ's victory to us today. So I pray that we will look unto Christ no matter what, no matter where you are in your Christian life. That, that really is the only way this is going to go move forward. Let Christ, who persevered the cross despite its shame, let Him give you the strength. Let Him give you power. Let Him give you hope, strength, joy, as we walk faithfully unto that day of Christ to be sincere and without fault. Then we could talk about bearing much fruit for God's kingdom. Let's pray.